Let's talk about Monday Night Raw for January 22nd, 2024. That's right. This will be a very quick Monday Night Raw review presented by yours truly, Marie Shadows, the host and the creator of the Square Circle Podcast. I want to say thank you guys for tuning in and listening and sharing this podcast episode. As always, you can tell a friend, which will be greatly appreciated because the more friends you tell and the more friends that listen in, the more, well, not only listens that I would get, but also we are working our way to get ambassador ads on these podcast episodes. For now, this one will be free because this is going to be a very short review for Monday Night Raw because I want to focus on three things that happen during the three-hour show. I don't normally do reviews of WWE Monday Night Raws or SmackDowns or WWE in particular. However, WWE has been on a hot streak in the past two years. Ever since Triple H took over creative, it has been a very good ride where I am very captivated and interested in all the stories, all the characters, and this Monday Night Raw, we should break down the characters and the stories, especially, especially at the top of the hour of having Cody Rhodes and CM Punk talk in the ring and set up for Royal Rumble, and it was done to perfection. Like, I'll get there, I'll get there. But let's start at the beginning where Seth Rollins comes out and addresses his future. And you guys saw the, it's not really like a knee brace, but we're going to call it a knee brace for now. I know there's another name for it, but he had a small little knee brace on his injured knee and informed the crowd that after taking the MRI test and exam, the results came back and he has a grade two and doctors urge him to get the surgery. Now, he should get the surgery, just so that way he could be at 100%, but I know that as a warrior, a fighter, a wrestler, he has that indie heart where he does not want to give up at all. He does not want to give the fans anything less than 110%, and I totally get that, but he's currently, like, at the top of the card anyway, and he's currently one of the top guys. That's why he was given the World Heavyweight Championship title to basically put that on the map and become the workhorse of WWE. So if he ever needed to take that seat back, like, it wouldn't really matter because when he comes back, like, he's going to end up climbing the ladder again. And people, when I say people, I mean fans, are going to be very, very compassionate, empathetic, and they'll welcome him back with open arms. It's not like he's losing anything. He might end up losing a spot, but you know he's going to get that spot right back. So eventually, I want Seth Rollins to take a vacation. Just like with most wrestlers that put their body on the lines 24-7 and go, 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 and never really get that rest, You can see the wear and tear on their bodies, the fatigue on their bodies. And for the most part, when I see that, and I know that they're stressed out, I would like for them to take a vacation. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting wrestlers to take better care of themselves because of what we know now. Back in the day, it was just like they had to 
do this profession to survive, to make money, to put food on the table, to make sure that they have a roof over their heads and they were killing their bodies. Their bodies were breaking down. Now with new technology and like new ways to sort of heal your body, whether that's like surgery route, if you need surgery or, you know, yoga and like stretches and like that cryogenic thing, ice baths or something like there's ways to sort of have your body heal naturally without going, you know, the surgery route. But, you know, to each his own about the wrestler. But just to say that I want wrestlers to take the amount of time needed. So I'm not sure if Seth is going to do that. I mean, he's probably going to have to take some time to rest. Uh, if he doesn't opt into the surgery, he could just let it rest and heal on its own. But then again, that could cause up like buildup and stuff like that inside of his knee because the body is going to react to like, oh, your knee is broken. Okay, we're going to go send uh, the white blood cells or at least something else to like go try to repair it on our own. And Seth Rollins is a very healthy guy, works out, does everything right. And so, you know, his body is already like, let me go fix it first. You know, let me go help you out, buddy. And, you know, that's what I think that his body is going to do to fix up uh, his knee. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, he could just sit at home until WrestleMania season. And hopefully if he gets into the ring, like everything will be OK. Um, but I really do think that he should take the surgery. If he takes the surgery, he said that he could be out for three to four months for rehabbing it a little bit and maybe if everything goes well he'll be okay in the third month which will be cutting it kind of close to April for Wrestlemania season but you never know the body is really every single person's body is different of how they react to a surgery and how they react to proper eating and dieting and which those are like the same thing that I just said um, but, you know, everybody's body is different. That's my point. Um, do I want him to take the surgery? Yes, I do. I want him to take the surgery. Is he going to take the surgery? I have no idea. We'll just wait and see what happens. But if he decides to stay at home for the couple of months until WrestleMania season, I guess that's okay. But I still want, like, somebody else to carry that World Heavyweight Championship belt. Now, as Seth Rollins was talking to the crowd, Gunther and the Imperium come out because uh, Imperium has a tag team match against New Day. But Gunther comes out and now he does this thing of like, I want to tell you what I think about you. And I think that would be a gimmick that can work. And for some reason, I look forward to like Gunther coming out now to tell people, this is what I think about you. Just because I just think it's a very interesting interaction it could definitely build stories and angles if you have this guy come out and just be like i got something to tell you this is what i've been thinking about you for the past couple of months and then it could be like the person is doing very good or the person is very doing very bad i know i'll give you really bad examples but you could just really think about the kind of stuff that gunther can really say to somebody if he's just going out there and his whole gimmick that's added on to him is like let me tell you what i think about you which i think it could work let me know if uh you feel that way too 
So they just have like a promo and then here comes the tag match and that's the end of that. Now, we're going to skip ahead to the top of the hour. The top of the hour had Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare versus CM Punk. This promo is definitely a promo for wrestlers, everybody in the industry to watch and learn from because we know that in professional wrestling, two baby faces do not work. Two heels do not work. This is why we always have the story of a heel versus a baby face. And like I said, and like I will always keep saying, do not fix what is not broken. Right? Sometimes people want to try to push the envelope a little bit more and try to make something when, like, it doesn't need to be made. And sometimes it could be very forced just because they want to be like, I made it, here's my flag in the ground and I stand on it. But in cases where you have two professionals, no matter what you think about CM Punk, when you have two professionals in the ring, Cody Rhodes, a professional, CM Punk, a professional, it does not matter what you personally think about him at this very moment. So, two professionals in the ring. They are both baby faces, which, by the way, I sort of forgot that they're baby faces because I really don't care. All I care about is that Cody Rhodes and CM Punk are basically two of the best in this business that we can talk about. And I know that I've said that I don't like CM Punk and I gave my reason why I don't like him. And that was because... Years ago, when he went on on Cole Cabana's podcast and threw WWE under the bus, the doctor under the bus, and just really had no other perspective and no other like empathy or anything like that to try to understand the bigger picture, I was just like, you know, it felt really bad. Like I felt betrayed and stuff like that because CM Punk, um, I idolized him. The way that he was outspoken, that outspokenness that he had about him, that badass persona that he had about him, that, you know, didn't give a fuck attitude that he had about him. And me watching that and learning how to come into my own voice and being my own voice of the voiceless. That's why he said when, uh, you know, he came back that, you know, he said on the mic that he doesn't need to be our voice of the voiceless anymore everyone grew up and you know he also grew up too he learned you know pretty much everything he needs to learn to grow up all the mistakes he made he realized he was wrong and shit like that and you know he is right that the voiceless the voiceless meaning like myself and others who are in that same boat um you know we grew up we figured things out we're outspoken. We uh, basically wear our heart on our sleeve sometimes. Uh, so, yeah. So, if you go back into my catalog, you would know that I was not a CM Punk fan after that whole shit. And then, for seven years, I was just like, I wouldn't want him back in wrestling. Comes back into wrestling with AEW, 
and it feels a little more different. It feels like he wanted to really try to start over, try to create stories and memorable stuff. And yeah, he got me with the whole, you know, having his ring of honor entrance uh, during that one time. And I was like, my God, that brings back so many memories. And I went along with it because sometimes you can't beat nostalgia. You really can't. As much as we try to fight nostalgia and be like, oh, why are you why are you trying to bring that back up? Like, no one cares about that. No one this, no one that. Like, you still go along with the nostalgia stuff. Like, if you, if you kill it, excuse me, I'm saying this all on my phone, so there will be no edits. Um, we're going to keep it going. If you say no to that, I know you're lying. Um, but yeah, so I had like a change of heart. It doesn't mean that I am a CM Punk fan. I could definitely understand his position now that he had a lot of time to think about the things that he's done, the things that he said. And yeah, you know, um, I will always, I guess, I don't know if I'll give him that respect. Yeah, I'll give him respect. Um, but if I ever meet him, we're definitely having a long conversation. I will say that right now. Like, I'm not afraid to have conversations with these guys if I feel like I've been betrayed. The same way that I think he said that Indy said that she felt betrayed is the same way that I felt betrayed. But I would like to hear it from the horse's mouth or like whatever I want to talk about. Um, and I guess I'll start it off with like how Cody Rhodes always starts things off with, uh, so what do you want to talk about? Um, but yeah, that should get, that's to give you guys a little perspective for any of the new listeners that come in, um, any of the current ones and even the older ones, uh, just, uh, idea of where I stand. So to put it simply, cause I know I talked a lot about it, um, I was a huge fan and supporter of CM Punk. He helped me find my voice even though there are others to think about finding my voice, but he was the main one. Like Cody Rhodes said in his promo that he inspired everyone. He inspired a whole generation just because he can talk. And when he talks, people listen. So I was a fan. And then when he did the tell all podcast on Cocabana's podcast, I basically was like, nah, fuck this guy. We have each other blocked on Twitter. That is a fact, which is okay. It's totally fine. If we never unblock, that's fine too. If I ever get to talk to him, that's going to be like an off the record type of talk. If I get to ever interview him, I don't know what I would do. Um, But you never know. It's 2024. It's, you know, the future. Who knows what's going to happen? And then now, since he came back, I just you know, respectfully watch what he does. I respectfully tune in to what he's doing currently. I tuned in from time to time when he was on AEW. And then now I watch WWE and I basically tune in for all of that. So that's just the rundown. Um, Cody Rhodes, you know, being a baby face is kind of different from his baby face run in AEW, which I was like, bro, you have to turn heel. And it wasn't just like, just turn heel for the sake of turning heel and to satisfy the fans. It was more for like, you can't keep being a baby face 
or this in-betweener of a babyface and a heel, which I would dub it as an anti-hero, but there was nothing anti-hero about it. He wasn't acting like how Stone Cold would act. Like, Stone Cold gets the anti-hero label. But because Cody was being a babyface, like, if people come into the company for AEW on the first run and you are the obstacle... You shouldn't be a babyface. You should be the heel because you want to establish the babyface. You want to establish that the new guy coming in, the new kid on the block coming into the company is going to go through these these obstacles and these hurdles and these challenges. And who are they going to face at the end? The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Because he owns the fucking space that you come in. So you can't go in there thinking you're hot shit. Because you have to defeat the final boss, who is the hot shit of the company, you know? That's how I sort of looked at it as to why Cody Rhodes should have been a heel in AEW. However, that would not have lasted long to begin with because you have to pick and choose what baby faces will go over and then what baby faces will lose. And then if a baby face loses, what are they going to do after the fact that they lose? You know, it's going to be a very harder climb to... If you lose against Cody Rhodes and you're trying to start an AEW career as a babyface, it'll be a little tougher of a climb because now it's like you had everything handed to you on a silver platter on this silver road and you couldn't defeat Cody Rhodes. What do you do? Of course, you know, uh, me, just on top of my head, I'll say, like, the babyface will pick themselves back up, dust themselves off, and continue on a winning streak against other heels that are associated with Cody Rhodes and have them go through a whole entire ordeal of fighting all these heels that are associated with Cody Rhodes until he reaches the semifinal boss to get to Cody Rhodes. So you're building up another pavement Pavement is the wrong word. Why did I say pavement? You're building up another path. You're building up another path to get to Cody Rhodes because you can really say that the first time around was a fluke because you were nervous or, um, you know, this isn't you and you know yourself as a wrestler and you know you could take out the baddest person in the company and that is Cody Rhodes. You know, that's how I will rebuild another baby face. And then after that, I guess, you know, the babyface will defeat Cody Rhodes and then have that heel turn because now you just defeated the evil that defeated the light and the hope that was in your heart from the beginning. And, you know, I do think that sometimes when babyface wrestlers go on their babyface journey and through the losses, that should start turning their heart cold and black to be a heel and then when they get to that final threshold that pushes them over the edge that is why they are a heel and it'll go from being the hometown hero that sweet innocent baby boy baby girl and then like they go through all this shit and then at the end of it they're gonna turn because it's like they finally see the world for what it is. They finally get the veil taken off and they can see through new eyes. 
And that is why they're a heel. It's because of that. And I think that sometimes people in wrestling miss the very simplistic things about what makes a great story and what makes a great baby face, what makes a great heel. Now, you know, not everyone, you know, can sit down and like map all this out, which I totally get. But then again, that's why there's creators like me, Marie Shadows, who has a writing degree, a creative writing degree, a bachelor's in creative writing with a publishing certificate, just waiting for a chance to help out wrestlers, help out promotions, to help bring back what it means to be a babyface, what it means to be a heel. And that does not mean that you have to be the squeaky clean babyface of a guy or the squeaky clean babyface of a girl. It just means that you'll have the elements and the traits of being a babyface, being someone that wants to play by the rules because you know that if you take shortcuts, you're going to end up failing. You know that if you take shortcuts, it's going to only delay finishing your story further. So why not go buy the book? It'll take longer, but why not go buy the book? Build up this relationship with the fans and become red hot. And then through your wins and losses, you realize that the world is not always meant to go by the book. There could be certain situations where if you cut the line, cut across, you know, take a shortcut, it might end up bringing you the luck to get you five steps ahead to go to the finish line, right? Or you'll experience the opposite effect of if you do take that shortcut, you're going to be five steps backwards and now you have to play catch up and try to go further in, you know? Um, so there's different ways to play at a baby face. There's different ways to play at a heel, but it also depends on the main person you're going after. And sometimes along the way, you might end up having multiple challengers, but for the most part, you are focused on one challenger right in front of you. The other challengers are just obstacles that are either affiliated with that challenger that you want to take away, that you want to defeat, which basically you can always do like spinoffs and side stories with those challengers. But the main road for the baby face is that challenger. And then once they get to that challenger, once they finish that story, then they could start turning. And then you could start including the affiliates that were part of, that was with that challenger. And this makes everything a lot more um, spread out. Uh, you can have a lot more stories. It's not just cut and dry where it's like, all right, cool, the baby face defeated the challenger and then now they heal and then they now go do something fucking stupid. And you're like, wait. Uh, what about the other, you know, challenges that came in? Like, are they not going to say anything about this? You know, like you could always have somebody that who was an affiliate with a challenger to be like, you know, you used to be very sweet, very kind, very, I'm going to be by the book. This is very bad. I'm just coming to the top of my head and it's late. 
but you get the idea. Like, they can definitely bring up some past stuff about reminding that baby face that's about to turn heel that they had all that hope and light in their heart, and now there's someone that that person no longer recognizes, you know? Um, it has to be like very storytelling esque. And that's what I get excited about. That's what I love to do on this podcast is to talk about stories in that manner to dig a little bit deeper and find the metaphors, find, you know, um, every single like English vocabulary you could think of for when it comes to dissecting novels and people's writings and stuff. Like that's what I love to do in professional wrestling. And to do it with Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, this whole entire promo, this whole entire back and forth about like, hey, Punk, what do you want to talk about? And Punk opens with, I want to talk about your father. You know for a fact that this could be good or this could be bad. Because the moment that you mention something about Cody Rhodes' father, if it's not in a good light, this motherfucker is going to take off your head. And... Cody comes in with the fangs anyway, you know, um, I do like the fact that CM Punk, you know, as much as CM Punk now has to play ball with WWE because he can't really shoot from the hip like he used to, now that he has to play ball and has to try to remember his lines and or, you know, improv or whatever the case may be, he has to play ball. He cannot... Shoot from the hip. He cannot be the CM Punk that we all once wanted. However, he held his own against, you know, Cody Rhodes. And what I appreciated about this is that after Cody was like, what do you want to talk about? CM Punk tells us a story about Dusty telling Punk, hey, I need you to keep an eye on my kid. Now, when I heard that, I was like, that is so very odd and interesting at the same time. That despite anything, because I really do think that as much as CM Punk in retrospect was a dick, and he'll probably say it too that he was a dick, okay? As much as he was a dick, this guy was probably, still is maybe, a nice guy. Where, you know, if push comes to shove, he's cursing you to fuck out. Um, Which is, you know, I... Would say, go for it, you know, if someone pushes you too far, curse them the fuck out. Um, but, you know, depending on who it is. Uh, but anyway, you know, for Dusty Rhodes to entrust into CM Punk to keep an eye on his kid, that is like the highest of the highest honor to ever do so. Because Dusty could have called anybody else. Dusty could have called anybody else to be like, yo, keep an eye on my kid. And then we would have had a different result. We wouldn't have this megastar, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, back again in a WWE ring after everything that Cody has learned. And yes, Cody Rhodes is a megastar. And so, right by CM Punk starting off with that, I think it was very great because it sets the, the tone for the whole entire promo. For any wrestlers out there that are listening to this and you made it this far, the one thing you have to take away from this promo is not the fact that two babyfaces went back and forth in excellent dialogue, digging into each other's past and coming out with this perfection of a promo. What you have to pay attention to is 
Oh, and by the way, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I don't have any notes at all. Like, I might have to rewatch this and make, like, notes and have, like, a tape study for this fucking shit for you guys. Because this was very great. So, because I love creating stories and I will eventually write this wrestling fiction novel that I plan on starting soon. When us writers sit down to write a story or write an essay, I think I should like relate this to like writing an essay in school. When, when they teach you how to write an essay, they tell you, all right, so pick an idea, pick a topic. What is your main topic, right? We all know that Royal Rumble is this Saturday. And I'm going to be watching the Royal Rumble. So, because we know that this is this Saturday, the Royal Rumble. Um, where am I going with this? I know where I'm going with this. Uh, that is the main idea, right? Because that, that's going to be our umbrella. Because everyone has a story to tell in Royal Rumble, right? Somebody's going to throw somebody over the top rope and then someone's story is going to end at that point or they're going to go to WrestleMania and they're going to point at the sign. Uh, but anyway, the Royal Rumble is the main topic, right? Now, underneath that, you have the subtopic. The subtopic being the fact of you have Cody Rhodes and CM Punk they come from two different paths. They're wrestlers, but they come from two different paths. And now the topic is parallel universes because this is exactly what it is. WWE presented parallel universes into their WWE universe by having CM Punk and Cody Rhodes battle it out on the microphone. So the subtopic is parallel universes. Now, in professional wrestling on the indies, there are guys that are very similar, that have two different paths, but then they'll, they'll end up meeting at the place that they both started. And that's how you can captivate the audience if they've been following you for so long. Now, in the indies, it's a little bit harder because not every indie uh, indie federation has, like, a TV deal. And sometimes it's hard to follow and shit. So, guys, if you, wanna, if you want fans to follow you and your opponent, just make sure to put that shit all up on YouTube and social media, wherever anybody can watch video. And then, you know, ask us podcasters uh, to help you out with that if you want to. And every so often, remind your followers that you can follow the story between you and your rival. So that way you can get that Cody Rhodes and that CM Punk moment. Because it was basically a tale of two cities. A tale... Oh, I think I should name that. I, this is going to be the name of the podcast. A tale of two cities. A tale of two wrestlers. I don't know. But it was basically a tale of two people that had that are the same... Because they're professional wrestlers, but they all have, um, they have different paths that took them to this. So basically what I'm trying to say is that if you're studying this, do not just study this as a babyface versus a babyface promo. Study this as you can tell two different stories that are similar and people will still pay attention because they know each of your stories already. 
and you're just coming in to basically talk again about, um, you know, the past, right? So, like, again, CM Punk started with, let me tell you a story that I never told anybody, and that is Dusty called me to keep an eye on you. But I really didn't have to because you could talk your way out of anything, Cody. Like, you weren't getting in trouble. You were great. And then to continue to say that, like, to paint this image of uh, Cody having the burden and CM Punk saw that. And as someone looking from the outside in that doesn't have no royal family within the business... He makes the bold claim that he is the true American dream. And that sort of like, you know, bothers Cody a little bit. Because it's sort of like, I don't want to say a backhanded comment. But it's one of those of like, bro, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, that's how it felt from Cody. Just a tiny bit of like, alright, cool, I see what you did there, right? And then to also quote Dusty's famous promo and Cody just, you know, going along with it because um, he knows that there's going to be a punchline like right after that shit. And then that was the punchline, you know, but CM Punk is not wrong and he's not right either. Like that, like that's his perspective and him saying that I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, to me that uh, there's some truth uh, to it. Um, but it, it really was like the first fang attack uh, for that. Um, and then, you know, Cody coming back with his stuff and, you know, he's like, I don't want to talk about my father anymore because Cody is right. Cody had that big ass shadow of carrying the Rhodes last name and he is the better Rhodes out of the Rhodes. Like it's Dusty. It's Cody. Dustin was once great, but I, I don't know what's up with him and, and his mindset and his uh, Twitter etiquette. But, you know, that that's a whole nother podcast for maybe not another time. But just know that I am very concerned about his mental state whenever he tweets. Just because I'm like, bro, where the fuck is this anger coming from when you attack fans? But that's neither here nor there. I will say that Cody Rhodes is the better Rhodes of the family and he has completely come out of his father's shadow and I know 100% that his father will be proud. Everyone is proud of Cody Rhodes. I even had, you know, some frustrations and anger uh, when I was reviewing AEW when he was there and you could go back into the catalog and I'm not going to say I wasn't angry. I was. I was angry and I happened to take a break from wrestling because there was that time that Cody Rhodes needed to turn heel and there was nothing happening and it just felt like, you know, he wanted to continue to do it. I remember when I attended an AEW show, everyone booed Cody and it wasn't piped in boos. It was actual literal boos and no one really gave a shit. But then again, you know, as we see the AEW fans unfolding, like, I don't know how much of it was true, how much of it was, like, real for people to actually be booing. But Cody being back in WWE, it feels fucking right. It feels right. And I think that's just because of the structure that WWE has in place and everything just falls into place and it feels right. In AEW, it's like, oh, do whatever the fuck you want. The inmates run the asylum. That's why there's no rhyme or reason. And then you're like, 
why the fuck does this feel so off? It feels like an indie event, you know. Um, but that, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm just saying that, like, I'm never gonna say, oh, I never said this or I never did that, um, type of thing. But uh, you know, Cody being in WWE just feels right. He feels like the megastar that belongs there. Uh, so now that Cody wants to turn it around. Um, and not talk about his father anymore. He goes and talks about the pipe bomb. And I was like, you know, really shocked and, and like taken by surprise that we're going to talk about it. And basically, you know, Punk is like, sure, let's talk about it. And for Cody to say that, like, you know, he has become the CM Punk because he picked up where CM Punk decided to leave professional wrestling for good. And he did leave. He did leave. And, you know, I know that's something that he's not going to say he didn't, but he left because, you know, he was bitter, frustrated, sick, and it took a mental toll on him. And that's what happens in this business when you go, you know, from zero to a thousand and then, like, neglect your own fucking health and shit like that, you know. Um, Everything is better in a perspective years later. When you're in the moment and you're in that anger and that frustration, you don't see it. You don't understand it. But years later, when you look back, you understand it. So, uh, you know, by Cody Rhodes, you know, bearing his fangs with what he said about, you know, him being the CM Punk, that really bothers CM Punk. And you can, you can see how the tension is building. CM Punk took a jab. Cody Rhodes took a jab, and then Cody Rhodes ended it, ended the promo sweetly with, you know, reminding him a couple of things um, and stating a quote that his father always used to say. And you notice how Cody decided to make some space between himself and CM Punk. That is what you call to sort of break that tension, that tension, because you know, you know for a fact that everyone watching are watching and they're not on their phones. They are at the edge of their seat. They want to see who's going to throw the first punch. So because you hold them in that tension by moving away, you sort of let everything breathe. And that is what professional wrestling is missing. That is what indie wrestlers are missing is learning how to Make certain segments, certain moments in time breathe. And if it's not breathing, then you're not doing it right. Like, AEW, for example, goes from zero to a thousand, and it's like, guys, breathe. If you're going to do a move, breathe. If you're going to do some promo stuff, breathe. Stop trying to go and, like, complete your segment and go to the back and have some food like no wrestling is an art style wrestling is entertainment wrestling is like a play you have to know where the beats are this is why like people should take theater class uh for this um and i'm getting like super passionate about this shit because that was a really fantastic fucking promo that you guys can learn from so cody rhodes moving away from cm punk lets the segment breathe lets the words digest the way that cm punk looks at him uh the way that cody rhodes just looks away of like oh i gotta step away because i'm gonna punch this motherfucker or maybe not like i don't know and then he has his back 
to the commentators and stuff, and that's usually in that area where they have the WrestleMania sign up, and I thought that was very clever that Cody Rhodes has his back towards the WrestleMania sign while he gives that John Wayne uh, quote about, like, courage is something. Like, but you got to get, like, on the saddle to go do it. Like, I like the quote, but I don't quite remember it. But it was just so beautiful. And then again, they circle around. Well, actually, they, they re- I, I went a little ahead. After Cody Rhodes closes the promo, he just, you know, shoulder blocks him. And that's when CM Punk turns him around. They got the face off. And again, you bring back that tension because you know people are going to be glued to it. And then they walk off. Um, and they don't do anything. And that's it. A beautiful, beautiful storytelling ability where, like, you guys can learn from it. And I hope that... Me talking so passionately about it, you know, ideas are turning in your head, in your head, and you know you're, you're learning from it. Um, and if that helped you, uh, please send me a voice message on this app. There will be a link for you to send me a voice message if that resonated with you. If you don't want to send a voice message, you can contact me on social media such as at Marie underscore Shadows over on Twitter. Or email me, squaredcirclepodcast at outlook.com. I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to hear that, you know, it resonated with you. It didn't resonate with you. You know, maybe an explanation or something. Or if you got a different perspective out of it, by all means, I want to hear it. I want to share it. I want to talk about it. So again, find me on social media at Marie underscore shadows or squared circle podcast at outlook.com or just send me a voice message right here on Spotify for podcasters slash anchor dot FM because I really want to utilize the voice message system. Okay. Now the last segment that I want to talk about was the main event that had Damian Priest versus Drew McIntyre and man, when they let the big guys go, it is amazing. Amazing. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy the match. I really enjoy how they're building up Drew McIntyre. I enjoy how they're building up Damian Priest. I do think that Damian Priest should eventually cash in his money in the bank contract. Like, if he would have did it on Seth Rollins, like, I would have been happy just because Seth can go take a vacation because he needs a vacation. Um, I do think eventually... Damian Priest is going to leave Judgment Day just because of how he's being treated. And by the way, this is a warning. Stop, like, aggressively going after Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans, like, we are known to take a lot of shit in this world. But the moment that our backs are against the wall, we're going to curse you out. Like, I'm waiting for freaking Damian Priest to, like, just, like, unload no no puns intended nothing you know don't you know um but really man like they've been really getting at each other you know the bickering and stuff but you know you don't want to see an angry puerto rican you really don't um you don't want to see that uh but yeah you know i can't wait for damien to cat to cash in uh the main event was good here comes our truth to mess things up and it definitely caused a distraction and Drew gets a, a victory, which is great because Drew has been saying for, you know, for the longest 
that, uh, you know, people keep twisting his words, this or that, and he keeps losing, you know, I really think that maybe at Royal Rumble, we see um, Drew McIntyre winning, but I don't have a clear winner this Royal Rumble because of how it's being built and how we have so many big names. And it feels like a true blue Royal Rumble. Like back in the day when I, you know, got excited and I was like, oh shit, it's Royal Rumble season, it's WrestleMania season, and it's amazing, you know? Um, and I want that feeling. I want it like, not all the time, but like for the big events that WWE does, like it has to feel larger than life. And, you know, sometimes you have to have that larger than life aspect to bring people back into the fold to basically, um, you know, still be that mega, uh, wrestling corporation. People might not like that. I said that, but okay. Like I said, we're keeping it going. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about those three segments. The opening segment, the promo masterclass between Cody Rhodes and uh, CM Punk. And again, if that resonated with you, please let me know. I want to read your guys' thoughts and everything and then the main event. Um, I don't know how much I can give on the main event, uh, but it may seem like Drew might be winning the Royal Rumble, but that's just my way of thinking and theory and just thinking that it might happen. It might happen. Who knows? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, Royal Rumble is this Saturday. I will be watching it. I will be giving a review for it. Um, but if you want to give me your predictions for the Royal Rumble, uh, by all means, please do. Again, you can contact me on social media at Marie underscore shadows. Email me square circle podcast at outlook.com or send me a voice message when you click the link for that. The other thing, too, is that tomorrow you guys are getting a tape study series video. Uh, please give me feedback on that. Please, please, please give me feedback uh, because I want to try doing this thing of, like, every Tuesday uh, to give you guys a video of me reacting and breaking down professional wrestling called Tape Study. Uh, it's a tape study series, right? And I just want to try it out. So tomorrow... When you watch the video, it will be in video format here on Spotify. I haven't put it up on uh, YouTube yet, but if you watch it on Spotify, uh, please give me some feedback. Um, any way that you can reach me. Um, and then I was thinking Thursdays, whenever I do interviews, that will be the day that I drop uh, interviews every Thursday. Or when I have an interview. Uh, please give me feedback on that. Um... And then throughout this week, you guys will be getting uh, a podcast episode about me talking about Okada leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling, plus talking about how the internet wrestling community are selfish fans, and I go really in-depth into that. Um, and then I will have a podcast episode talking about the latest Kevin Kelly um, comments about New Japan and like all of his thoughts. Um, it is not, it's not going to be a bashing type of a podcast. It's going to be mainly like me giving the counterpoints to what Kevin Kelly was saying, because some of that stuff was like, bro, here are my counterpoints. Um, but I really hope that you guys enjoyed this quick review of Monday Night Raw, those three segments, and I can't wait to hear and or read your thoughts on the promo breakdown 
and just the feedback that I would like for the tape study series if interviews should be dropped on Thursdays right here on the Square Circle Podcast by way of WrestleTales. The interview playlist is directly on Spotify. It is originally called a Chit Chat series. However, it will now be named to WrestleTales because I think that will embody the spirit of storytelling, characters, wrestlers, learning some wrestling one-on-one for the segments called Inside the Locker Room and In the Insight. And I think that will greatly capture WrestleTales a lot more. Um, And then, yeah, any other general questions, any other general feedback, I would love, love, love to hear it. Make sure to share this with your friends. Let them know that Marie Shadows has a podcast called The Square Circle Podcast. And I really do hope to see you guys on the next one. I love you guys. Thank you for always tuning in. Thank you for always supporting me. Without you, there won't be this. Again, this is season five of the Square Circle Podcast. And you guys have been listening to an episode of me, Marie Shadows, your host, reviewing Monday Night Raw on the Square Circle Podcast.